0: Welcome to the zero to $5 million podcast. I'm Sean Finder, and I'm with my co-host today, Ollie Whitfield. This show is brought to you by AutoClose, a vanilla soft company. Ollie, why don't you introduce today's guest and what we're gonna be talking about today?
1: This is an easy sell, folks. Have you ever wondered how and where the best and coolest SaaS companies get their amazing sales talent from? Look no further than today's guest. Christine Rogers from Aspireship, she's the COO and president. Christine, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you both for having me. This is going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Not as much as we are. This has been on the books for a while and I can't wait to dig in. So if you don't mind, could you take us back to the first days at Aspireship and maybe um, walk us through what some of the first projects that you and the rest of the team took up straight away?
2: Absolutely. So, um, the three of us, Corey, um, who is our CEO, Jason, who is our CTO and myself, um, started Aspireship. It was, um, in October of 2019. And so the, It was actually the day before Halloween. So it was a lot going on. Interesting kind of kicking up into Q4, looking at all of the different things that we needed to do. And Aspireship is really, you know, where sales training and enablement meets recruiting. So we don't really fit in any bucket. We're not a boot camp because we don't charge for it up front or or do um, an income share agreement. Um, We allow anybody to take the course. Um, And then if they can pass and complete it, then we introduce them to hiring partners who are interested and, um, believe in our mindset and our thought that we created this entire company around is that, um, competency and character Trump experience and that it, you know, looking and only being okay with hiring people for a couple of bullet points, um, on the resume, called you know two to five years of this really specific industry or, or selling experience, uh, that actually is not what what makes a great salesperson. And so um, the first thing that we had to do is convince people of this. Is talking to different sales leaders. Now the best thing about it is sales leaders actually know this is true because we've all hired a whole bunch of different people with lots of different experiences, and then you know you hire a group of them and you hire five and only one or two work out. And you're like, how, you know, what was, what are those things that I'm looking for? What are the things that are problematic here? What would I wish they would have known or, you know, who they were or how they could be with our company. And so as I started, you know, those early days were about really proving, can anybody get behind this? Is it just uh, me <laughs> as a sales leader? Is it just a few others? And we really know, uh, we believed it to be very systemic, that everybody was having the same challenge in, in especially SaaS companies. And so that was the early days is proving, um, okay, yeah, there's a need for it. And also proving that we created the right foundational coursework that would produce if they passed the right quality candidate. So there was a lot to prove out right away.
0: So that's that's very interesting. Um, And you mentioned a few things. Now, one thing that I always like to do is I always like to find, and I'd love to hear what you think, Christine, Mm is I like to find people, not the most experienced, but people that are coachable. I find people that are coachable make up the best salespeople, because then you can kind of mold them in exactly what you want. And I know I, I spoke to you earlier about, you know, people that are competitive. So if you had to name a few characteristics that, you know, from all your experience and working with all these founders and getting them the right people, yeah. what characteristics would you say make up the best salespeople so far, or maybe that have the longest tenure when they get into a new
2: position? Mm-hmm. So um, I think of a couple of things, and this is why we created the the foundational coursework the way we did. It is um, people who, yes, absolutely are coachable. Um, that's really really important um, because our our work, as you get through the product, as you do more work learning, you actually have to um, do a role play and then watch yourself back, and then watch somebody else do it better <laughs> or do it well, and kind of rank yourself against that and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to do that. And if you don't know what that feels like, a lot of people that have never been in sales have never done a role play, have never had to listen to themselves, have never, you know, had that experience before. So, um, people self-select out sometimes at these points where they're like, you know what? Sales isn't for me. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, sales isn't for everybody. Um, a learning mindset, somebody who is committed to learning. Um, and when I say this, uh, Again, it's about, can you learn quickly? Are, are you able to take concepts and put them into practice? And um, it's so much more than reading a book and being like, somebody told me I'd be good at sales. It's It's taking those concepts and now going, all right, I just taught you all about how to handle objections. Now I want you to do it. And see what that feels like and how it's challenging and difficult, but can I think it through and get it done? Um, another is just determination. Yeah. You know, salespeople have the ability, good ones, their mindset. It's, it's like consistently, I'm just going to push through. I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through when it gets tough. And um, again, because we don't charge for our coursework, we have a lot of people that join and start taking the coursework, but then don't complete it. And for us, completing things, really important. And especially in the zero to 5 million place, being agile. There is so much going on. If you are the person that needs everything to be figured out for you and like you just walk in and it's like, I am just going to follow X, Y, and Z. And that means I'm going to get these results every time, blah, blah, blah. This stage of business, that's just not the case. What we're doing is testing. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? How is this working? Yeah, how did the customers feel when, when this happened? And we're looking at things and that means we're going to make adjustments. So you have to be able to be agile. Those are, the, those are my top few that I think are really important.
1: Okay, Christine, um, I'm willing to bet my house that you've heard this phrase. You're supposed to hire people that are smarter than you. Is like the new cool thing that um, it's quite like a popular quote out there. So I think in reality, doing it is different than thinking we should do it. I think a lot of people know that it's mm-hmm. a good idea and it's a great concept. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can tell us where in your experience, have you seen a definite reason why it doesn't actually happen when we may be actually trying to? So let's, let's make up an example. Yeah. Uh, Sean and I are trying to hire somebody to help us go from A to B. And we're looking for people that are smarter than us and we completely mess it up, Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us any reasons why that happens more often than not?
2: One of the things that I think is so important is we need to emulate what the role is going to be. And as much in the hiring process as possible. So um, I think a lot of times people have an idea of what it's going to be. They actually don't realize what is the day-to-day work going to look like. So conceptually, they love it. They want to be making you know, sales. They want to be feeling the adrenaline. They're all excited about those things, but they don't realize like that means you're sending a bunch of emails. You're also doing a lot of talking to people. You're also getting a lot of rejection. You're also having to update your CRM. You're thinking about things, you're doing things. And like the work is very different than I think sometimes the way that we talk about the job and the career and the progression and the learning and all these cool things that are going to happen. And I So I think a lot of times uh, we as leaders, we need to think about, How can I emulate this position as best as possible? So right now I'll give you an example. I'm hiring for a marketing person for our team. And um, the project that we are going to have these people complete is actual work. So we're going to pay them for work, contract work to do. Because what I want to see is I'm going to give them a tight deadline. I'm going to absolutely give them the type of intensity that they can expect when we're on a project, on a deadline, need things done. I'm going to give them feedback when I get the projects back. (laughs) And I'm going to say, all right, here's this. All right, now, before tonight, can you get me a little closer? You know, so this is what we're going to do because that's the work. And if that doesn't work for them, I want them to self-select out. And so I think that those are the things that we can think about is it's not just about, let me ask you a bunch of questions. It's like, can I emulate for you through this process what this is going to feel like as much as possible and give you a good sense of it so that you're just, you're not okay with it. You're not adapting with it you're enthusiastic about it you're like ah oh, this gives me energy and Christine you know kind of you know duking it out with me on a sales call feel like I enjoyed that as a part of like this is interesting and feeling enthusiastic not like uh you know okay I, I can do this we want people that are like wow this is what I this is what I'm really signing up for and I feel it
0: I think that's actually amazing you know what I've never heard anyone say that but now that you think back to it is people when in they interview they ask so many questions but you know depending on if your company is a high-paced company slow-paced company they could answer all the right questions properly okay. but but ideally they might not be the right cultural fit or the right pace for your company i know you know being you know going from for example myself right now going from more of a startup where i grew auto close to more of a, a larger company with 100 everything's a little bit slower and it's a big adjustment for me so mm-hmm. i think finding the right people um is, is the right way to go. I, I really love that. I think the audience should really um, take that um, because it's a great point by Christine. Now, I have a question. Sure. And I think, and this is something I debate with many people. Okay. And I'm hoping you have the answer. You might not have the right answer, <laughs> but you have your own opinion. How, so when you hire a new salesperson, you know, you know, I hear some leaders that say, well, I want them up and running in a month. And you have other people that say, well, you know, like me personally, like don't expect anything for four to six months because you have three months of training. You have to onboard. You have to teach them your product. You have to teach them the objectives and stuff that you were you were talking about. So, you know, you want to make sure you can manage expectations. How long do you think it takes a salesperson, even a good one that's coachable to say, I'm going to actually see results? Is it like one month, three months, six months or does depend depend on the product?
2: Well, I, yes, it depends on the product. It also depends on the life, you know, like the sales cycle. It depends on if we're in an SMB market, if we're in a, if we're in a mid market, all of those things to take into account, I would say this is the way I typically think about it. Like a four month ramp is pretty like in an SMB, like that's pretty, that's pretty darn good. If you're seeing some, now there are milestones that should be being met along the way. So what we're talking about seeing results, if, you know, in month two, so let's, let's say in month two, we have our quota that's, you know, we have a small quota or we have something um, attainable, like, you know, how many opportunities are we adding to the funnel or, um, or, you know, you know, different types of metrics that we're seeing movement on. I think a good onboarding is one that, you know, those, that those things are being done Before you're actually tracking new customer acquisition revenue expansion, whatever you're trying to do as that's not the only metric you're looking at what are those things leading up to that those leading metrics that are leading up to that's going to likely give us revenue in you know the four to six month period.
1: Love Maybe okay. baby
2: revenue. Also, you might get some little <laughs> revenue here and there, you know, a couple, a little bit here, a little bit there. And as they're ramping, yeah. they're bringing some more on, but you're seeing the behaviors and you're seeing the leading indicators that are going to produce results. That's what I think. Baby
1: revenue is my new favorite term. Baby revenue. That's a new phrase. <laughs> okay. Christine, the first, um, the, the first LinkedIn post I saw on the top of my feed this morning was something awesome. I didn't know this existed. There's a Slack community for women in sales. I I forget specifically the name. It's within one of the larger communities and they're doing like a clubhouse hangout and cool stuff like that. Um, Loads of loads of recognizable names on the list of people being part of it. Brilliant. Do you have any other tips for women in sales who are looking to get maybe into the, into the profession or maybe just climb it within it, if they're already inside of it, Mm -hmm. you know, just to, to really start, picking up some traction. I think it's being talked about a lot more, but there's certainly still a long way to go, I think.
2: So I think there are some pretty phenomenal women in sales that are now having a stronger voice, a bigger presence online, especially on LinkedIn. Um, you know, there are communities like, I think, I think it's called women in revenue is one. I'm in a Slack channel. That's really good. Um, I'm also in Thursday. Night sales. That's a community of salespeople that meet every Thursday night for a kind of what started as a happy hour, but really it's it's um, become a real big staple in the, especially the SaaS community. And Amy Volus is a very strong voice sure. from a, a women's. Uh, in sales perspective. and she is, I mean, that's actually why I attended the first time because I saw this is the first community or first ask me anything or first happy hour environment that actually has a woman as one of the people. And I had seen many, many, many others that were just bunches of men talking. But I went to that one because because she was there, and she has a strong voice. And so when I think about it now, Um, I think there are more places to go. Samantha McKenna, another really very strong voice, very, very, very knowledgeable. And so there are places that you can go now where we are starting to be more noticeable and knowledgeable and using our voices to also amplify other voices that are having um, a great impact. And I think probably now more than than ever, we're seeing that there's there are more of us out there and there should be. Cause I mean, women in sales, this is like just such a bright and open and wonderful place to be. And um, it's so much fun. And like, I, I just can't say it enough. Like I, I just want more of us here to really start to, to, to make it really hum in a new and different way.
0: And it's funny you say that Christine. So when I started my first company, I think 2014, The first five influencers and partners I worked with were all actually women. I worked with Kendra Lee, Wendy Mm -hmm. Mm Wise, Lori Richardson, Trispert. So I learned so much from all of those people. And I actually did a recording yesterday for the International uh, Women's Day. Um, And I I talked about, you know, two tips that I actually wanted to provide women was one was be confident and curious. Mm -hmm. And the second was to be amazing at one thing instead of trying to be like a lot of people try and be good at a few things, but really focus on one thing and be amazing. So, um, I think women in sales is amazing. As I said, I wouldn't be where I am today without some of the women that helped me um, with my first startup. And even, even in my recent acquisition of autoclose. Love that. So, um, one more question before we wrap it up. I, uh, what's, what's coming up in 2021? What's new? Where are you guys taking uh, the business? Maybe just give the audience a little bit of a more in-depth on what you guys are planning over the next uh, seven, eight months.
2: Yes. So we have really started to look at where um, the gaps are that we can help fill. And I will say, you know, being that hiring is our predominant um, business model, Right. Um, we have really seen that also people need, um, we had our our partners that were saying, hey, we're putting people in here, but actually your people coming in have a little bit more understanding than, than our other people. So like, let's all work together. Can we get on your platform and also use that as well? So we've been for the last year doing live training sessions every week that our hiring partners can have their entire teams come to. And so also, you know, bringing in top voices in different places, like bringing in amazing leaders to say like, um, like Scott Lease came and talked about being in SMB selling that specific niche so that if people are like, yeah, I want to get into SMB selling, this works and try these uh, tools, resources, et cetera. So we have also incorporated, you know, training for those people that are doing business with us and hiring. And as we do more of that, we see more opportunity. So yes, we have this foundational course, but now we're seeing our partners come back and say, hey, can you, can you get us some account managers and expand reps and different things like that? Um, you know, it's wonderful to see, especially when there's been like a giant displacement of people in like the hospitality space. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the wall street journal. We were, we were actually featured in there with oh, quite a few people this Pete this week, um, that have been placed from hospitality into tech selling through using this because they are servant minded. They are like, absolutely always looking for the next way to delight people. And so wonderful wonderful group of individuals that have been predominantly overlooked because they didn't have the experience and are just doing phenomenal in this work so i think about you know how can we create more opportunity more learning so that we can place different types of selling uh different types of sellers yeah
0: perfect well let's wrap things up but we have one last question for you sure it's actually two um, one. Where do you currently self-educate yourself? Do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? If so, which are your favorite? And then the second question is very simple: Where can people find you?
2: Sure. So I'm a big reader. I'm always I always have a stack of books on my a nightstand, and uh, love podcasts, but also like to laugh. So um, I can't just do all of the business books. I'm trying to think of the one. So I'm reading Adam Grant's book right now, loving that. Um, I always love books like Malcolm Gladwell's, one of my favorites, just from like a perspective, not always business perspective, but just learning and worldview. Um, One of my very favorite books that has uh, actually, we're going through it with my team. is called Language and the Pursuit of Happiness. And it's by a gentleman named Chalmers Brothers. And it's all about being a better observer of yourself Mm -hmm. and learning how language is generative and is creating things all the time. And it's been so helpful for sales Uh, and also just for like, you know, working with people. So those are the places I love, love podcasts, but most of the time my podcasts are funny. So I listen to funny ones. Um, I just started Morgan Ingram's podcast, which has been really fun too. So that is what I do to kind of self-educate and level up. And also going to communities and being in communities that I think I'm going to learn a lot from. Um, And yeah, Aspireship.com is where you can find us. And certainly on LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn. And so um, you can find me there at any point.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Christine, uh, for joining us. That was an absolute blast. Thank you also everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show today, don't forget to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening from and subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Once again, thank you so much and see you soon.